from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are here on Business Radio, and we are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 111. Hey, call us right now at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. If you've got a question, I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter, as well as a career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives right here in Philadelphia. We've got the dream team in studio. Michelle and Dion taking your calls Right now, if it's Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Hey, if you're not following me on Twitter, it's easy at Dr. Don Graham. You can also send your questions there as well. So today on Career Talk, we have a great show. We are going to be talking about empowerment in your career, specifically around things like negotiating or asking for a promotion or finding maybe a better balance between work and home, or, you know, maybe it's just the job search and you're, you're doing these gymnastics to try and get in front of the decision makers. How can you add some control to that process? And to help us with that, today we welcome Stacey Epstein, who is the CEO of Zinc, which is a company that powers some of the highest performing deckless workforces in the world with access to real-time communication anytime on any device. With extensive experience building global success for early-stage enterprise technology companies, Stacy is also a contributing columnist in Inc. Fast Company and Entrepreneur Magazines, to name a few. Welcome to Career Talk, Stacy. Thank you. It's great to be here. So I have to start out by asking you, what is a deckless workforce? <laughs> yeah, sorry. I had to smile when you said it. It's actually... <laughs> Deskless. Oh, deskless. Sorry. I said deskless. So, yeah. D E S K. What is a deskless workforce? Uh, yeah, exactly. Deskless. Desks, right? They don't sit at a computer. They are out in the field. In fact, I'm staring out the window, literally looking at one right now. He's got a fluorescent yellow vest on and a hard hat. He's not sitting at a desk. He's not sitting next to his peers. He's out in the field in front of customers maybe fixing things, maybe working in a hotel, talking to customers. And and these people are inherently field-based, right? They're not sitting in an office. They're not next to their computer or another person where they can have easy access to knowledge or information that could help them do a better job. And what we do at Zinc is we've built a, a, a software solution that really connects all these these deskless workers to their peers, to their managers, to the experts in the organization. So it's a communication platform that gives them that easy, quick access to get answers in the field when they need them most, when they're in the middle of, of doing their job or, or a customer interaction. So that's what we mean by deskless workforces. About 80% of the, of the workforce has typically been neglected by technology and we're here to change that. Yeah, that's very cool. We we often take it for granted that we can we can just shoot an email or, or get on instant messaging. I mean, so much so that that people who literally are three offices down, we shoot them an email. We we don't realize mm-hmm. how fortunate we are to be able to do this. But there are many many people out there who are working out um, outside of an office that need these these ways to communicate. So that's very cool what your company does. Thanks. Zinc. Yep. Um, so exciting. I, yeah. So I have to ask you, Stacy. So you you've played played um, pretty competitive soccer in college, all conference, and um, you were a goalkeeper. And what's yep. interesting about that is you wrote an article about how, how goalkeeping taught you everything you need to know about being a leader. So, so in light of today's show about empowerment and, and you know, how to kind of really take control of what's going on around you to build more success in your life and your career, I mean, what are some of those insights that you've gained from being a goalkeeper? Yeah, you know, the inspiration for that article was I was watching the World Cup um, with my daughters, and they're young, they're five and nine, so a lot of a lot of watching sports is just kind of educating them on the game and, and really basic skills, and of course, having been a goalie my, my whole soccer career, I always am watching what the goalie's doing, and I was trying to teach them that you you assume that the goalie really only is uh, is in the play if there's a shot on goal, right? But what you don't see, and often what the cameras don't even show 
on on TV is the goalie is really he's he or she is the one that can see the entire field. Really, the only player on the field that can see the entire field because nobody's behind the goalie almost never. Um, and they're really helping direct the team. They're helping to look ahead at a play that might happen because of the way that the, the players are field, the way the ball's moving. And their role is not just in the moment of a shot to save a goal. Um, it's also to really be that leader, that director, to be able to have your voice heard, to be able to anticipate what's coming next. And, and really create strategies on the fly and, and help direct the team. And I think teams that have really fantastic goalies aren't just the ones that are saving the goals. They're the ones that are helping goals happen because they're, they're really leading the team. And as I was ex- trying to explain this to a five-year-old, which is maybe a little too complex uh, for her little mind, I, I thought about how relevant that is to business. And, and, you know, I run a company, I've ran large divisions and organizations, and it's, it's all the same traits, right? It's not just in the moment making the right decision or, or do it, you know, doing what it takes to get your hands on the ball instead of letting it into the goal. It's everything else that happens in the organization and being a leader and, and having insight into what might happen and, and being able to effectively lead a bunch of people who are running around doing a job, right? It's not like they're just sitting in front of you listening when they're playing soccer. So you got to find ways to reflect effectively reach them. So that's what was the inspiration behind the article. I think it's true for a lot of sports. Right? Yeah. There's, there's a lot you can learn. And I think it's true for individuals as well. I mean, you're talking about it in the context of leading a team, but I mean, today's show about empowerment and, and how to maybe negotiate or get a promotion or, or get through the, the gymnastics of the job search hurdles that people get thrown in front of you today to get in front of the decision makers. I mean, it's really about stepping back and looking at the entire field. I think a, a lot of job seekers, for example, get very hung up on one job. There's just mm-hmm. this one job and I, I need to focus on it that they, they get very myopic. And I think when you can take your advice of goalkeeping and step back and look at the entire field, you can put things in perspective a little bit more and make strategic decisions that, that don't just focus on the crisis in front of you, but focus across the board on what the better long-term strategies are. Hey, you're just tuning in. You're listening to Career Talk Series XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Stacey Epstein, the CEO of Zinc. And we are going to dive right into callers. We're going to go to Mary in California. Mary, welcome to the show. It's on your mind today. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I um, I um, had a very successful marketing business for many years, first working corporate um, you know, agencies and then launching my own business when I had kids and I worked for years and built a very successful marketing business while I was home with my kids. My youngest, um, I sold that business and, um, and, uh, and, and got divorced and the money that I had, I had made from that business between the Great Decision and Divorce went down. So I got remarried and I agreed to work with my new husband in his real estate business, which is very different. And for a third of what I was earning before, because he was trying to grow it and it's we're in the middle of a massive disruption. And so while I've grown his business three or fourfold, it's still a bit of a struggle and I feel like I am ruining my long-term career prospects. But I still want to help him, and I still need to take care of the kids who are the youngest is 10. Am I screwing up my career <laughs> by doing this? Yeah, no, um, valid, valid yeah. concern, Mary. And I'm sure you're not the only one who's thinking this, so I'm really glad you called into the show today. Um, and it's it's obviously right on topic. We're talking about looking at, at, at career strategically and being empowered. So tell us what you envision your longer-term career being. Well, I, to be honest, I wouldn't mind um, starting my own business again. My, my marketing background was largely in the technology arena, and I've, I've dabbled with, um, with starting up some new businesses. But, I, I mean, I haven't been keeping up my skills in technology, so I'm sort of struggling as, you know, with some new product ideas that I'm going to have to, rather than build myself, I'm going to have to hire out the technology skill, and then that, of course, takes money. Um, I mean, I can do traditional marketing, and I can do that. The trick is that, um, again, I'd have to, I'd have to drive. I'm in a little bit of a remote area, and and I still have kids to juggle, and I and they have to be my priority. 
So I'm just not sure what to do about that. I, I got a really interesting call from a startup in Bitcoin, and I thought, oh, my gosh, that would just be amazing. And, and it just really sparked that, like, yeah, I want to go to work again, you know, not this sort of drudgery of, quite honestly, in being in real estate. <laughs> How old are your kids, Mary? Um, the youngest, um, we have three left in the house, and the youngest is 10. So I got a couple years to go. Okay. You know? I, I do want to just reflect a couple of things, and then I want to toss it over to Stacy, who is actually a you know an expert at, at you know and has global success on the stage of building businesses. But I want to reflect back to you a few things. One, you're you're already pretty clear about what your strengths are and what your gaps are. A lot of people don't even have that step, so you're already recognizing, hey, here's where I have gaps. Here's where I need to close those gaps. You're also very clear about your priorities, at least for now. So so you, your youngest is ten. And, you know, that's you're going to be your priority to maybe that that child gets out of high school or whatever that looks like. So you, you have really good priorities and timelines. And the good news is, is you have time to close those gaps that you've already identified. The other thing you already know that, again, a lot of people struggle with is you, you've you already gotten that, that feeling in your stomach about, I'm hungry. I want to go back and do this. Like, I know I'm ready to, to dive in and I want to make sure that I'm setting myself up for this. So I, I want to point that out because there's a lot of positives there that you, that you both know your priorities, you know where your gaps are, you know how to close those gaps, and you have a runway to be able to do that before you're ready to dive in. So, so you're at a really good starting point, and I don't want to lose that. But Stacey, what, what's your advice for Mary? Yeah, well, it, it's certainly not an easy, clear-cut answer. I was, I was glad that we have a, a psychologist on the phone <laughs> to give the first response. So I feel for you in, in the struggle. I would say my biggest piece of advice is take the time pressure off of yourself. I heard you say, I'm really worried that I, you know, I'm, I'm wasting my career and, and I'm, I've been out of the game and it's going to be hard to get back. Like, I, I feel a little angst of if I keep doing this for another year or three, then have I blown all of my chances? And, and life is really long. <laughs> you know, I don't know exactly how old you are, but, uh, you know, people, people have great careers into their 70s, right? And you can reinvent yourself at any time. So my advice to you is, as Dawn said, you have a commitment to your kids, which I applaud, and I have the same commitment. Right now, you're probably in a place where you're able to spend good quality time with them, and that's good. I would say dabble, educate yourself, read, take the call from the Bitcoin company and, and hear them out. And when the time is right, you'll probably find that right thing. But just don't feel that you need to go out and make it happen right now. I think just let yourself say, hey, for the next you know, year, three years, maybe it's five years till your daughter's in high school. It's okay to be doing what you're doing and just kind of keep a foot in the game and, and an ear open. And I think the right thing will come to you instead of you feeling like you have to go out today and make it happen. Yeah, that, that's really good advice, Stacey, in terms of not putting that pressure on yourself because there is, you know, sometimes timing just happens. Um, and, and, Mary, you strike me as somebody who who kind of keeps keeps um, you know goals and things of that nature. So I think that would be helpful as well to kind of show your own progression so you can kind of keep up with that. So a, a couple of things I would add is that you know, make sure you're building your network. I know I say this a lot in the show, but it's so important because those great opportunities come when you have ambassadors out there. And you mentioned that you're in a, a smaller town, but so branch out and it might be online groups. It might be that you go to an annual conference where there are people doing the things you want to do and you're building those relationships but the more relationships and ambassadors you have out there the more opportunities that are going to be brought back to you or will be available when you kind of raise your hand and say hey I'm ready to jump back into the game and then you know the other thing I think you could be doing is um, we're talking about empowerment today look at everything you're doing as as not you know how is this going to look on my resume a lot of people do that they say I don't know if I want to take this lateral move or I don't know if I want to change careers and take a step back because how it will look on my resume. And I think that is that is a big mistake because your resume resume experts can make your resume look great no matter what. But what is going to be most important 
is the skill set you're gaining. So forget forget that you're, you know, working for a family member, forget that, you know, what your whatever your title is, but look at what you're really doing in terms of your day-to-day job and what skills you're building. And, you know, running a company or helping run a company, I mean, these are some major skills you're gaining and and start to define yourself in terms of the the accomplishments you have versus the title or the company name or anything like that because I think that's going to be a lot more empowering for you when you start to think about marketing yourself for that Bitcoin job or the next one. Hey, Mary, thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. We really appreciate it. And best of luck to you. We're taking your calls right now. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Michelle is manning the phones. And today we're talking about empowerment in things like negotiating or getting a promotion or maybe you're not getting in front of the decision makers, you're following all the rules and, and you're thinking this isn't working for me. And you want to create better work-life balance in your career, any of those things, or you're just thinking, gosh, am I even building my skills in a way that I'm going to be marketable five years from now when, when you know, AI takes over the world? But if you have any of those questions, we'd love to hear from you, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. And we're here with Stacey Epstein, who's the CEO of Zinc, a company that powers Deskless workforces. I'm going to say that right. Deskless. Yep. <laughs> you say that a lot. I'm I'm learning to say I that. Do. Deskless, <laughs> not deckless. <laughs> deskless workforces. Eight four four Warden. Eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. We're on Career Talk, Sirius XM Channel One Eleven. So, so talking about empowerment, a very popular topic around this is negotiating and negotiating salaries or negotiating for a promotion. And there's a lot of research on this, Stacy, about. Uh, you know, obviously, men tend to do this more than women. And, you know, even in a job search, men apply for a job when they meet 60% of the qualifications, but women only apply if they meet 100%. So, so there's something getting in our way here. Um, and, and yep. you know, whether you're a man or woman, there's there's something in our mind kind of telling us to, to shy away from these things. And I want to talk a little bit about that for the rest of the show because I think whether it's asking for a promotion or a salary increase or, you know, asking, um, you know, in the interview, what's the next step and am I, you know, am I going to move to the in the next step in the running? Those things are important because they can make the difference between getting hired or getting paid more or getting promoted. So when you think about this, Stacey, what are some of those things in, in terms of mindset that are getting in people's way? Yeah, I, I mean, I think about this so much. In fact, I, I have a great story that just happened literally last night. Uh, and it, a lot of it is the difference between men and women and, and how, how often they will even try to negotiate. And, and as a hiring manager for many years, and I, I wish I had kept stats on this so that I could have an actual stat, but I'm going to estimate that 95% of the time in negotiating a salary, it, while coming on board, a man will ask for more. And I think it's probably 10 to 15% of the time that a, a woman will ask for more. I mean, it, it is a shocking, stark difference to the point where when a, when a woman comes back and like cries to me and, and when a man does, I, I'm expecting it. And, and I've done a lot of thinking about why that is. I think a lot of it is just as women, we're not comfortable negotiating. It's just, it doesn't come naturally to us. I know for sure I am that way. My story from last night is where my husband and I are selling an outdoor dining set, which we only bought a couple of years ago, but, but we've kind of done some stuff to our backyard and it doesn't really fit there anymore. So we're selling it. I'm traveling on business. I'm telling him, honey, some people are coming to look at the dining set. You know, here's how, what I listed it for on Craigslist. You know, go ahead and sell it for whatever you want. And I'm thinking to myself, let's just get rid of the dining set. Like, you know, it's, it's a couple years old. And he is salivating. He is so excited to have the opportunity to negotiate. He's hoping they ask to pay less because he looks forward to it. He's texting me, okay, you know, here's how it's going. They want to pay less. I'm holding my ground. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, I'm cringing. Like, you know, these people probably live near us. Just give them the dining table. It is so much about our makeup as men and women. And it's not everybody. But in general, 
I just want to give it up. And I and I joked to him over text this morning. I said, you know, we, we probably saved $100 by having you handle that transaction instead of me. And I've been doing this for decades, right? I just, I don't like it. I It's not my favorite thing. I would rather move on to another point, a, another topic of conversation. So I have and to, so, yeah, I have to get a male opinion on this. So I got to bring Dion into this. Dion, what would you have done with that dining room table? You know what? My patience is, is so short. <laughs> I probably would have just gave it away. You just yeah, take it. <laughs> like I've I've sold a couch while I was moving because I, I didn't want to put it on a truck. So my, my patience is really short. Okay. Interesting. Would you actually yeah. help them bring it to the car though? I mean it, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean so if, if, if maybe. I'm if, if I'm giving it salary. to you, I mean come on. <laughs> yeah. What if that was your salary that you had to live with for years? Well see and You'd that's probably be more patient, right? Yeah, that's where the difference comes in because because a table is disconnected from us. It's a table. But your salary is connected to you. Michelle, would you yeah. would you have negotiated the table? I don't think so. I think, I, I, yeah, I think I'm with Stacey. I don't care about that as much. And Michelle's or just super nice. <laughs> and she would probably just be like, I will give it to you and I will actually throw in these placemats. You need it more than I do. <laughs> because I am that <laughs> nice. And, and Exactly. It's a lot about being nice. But there's two men aren't nice. No, but there's two things in in any negotiation that we know. So one is the task and one is the relationship. Now, when you're negotiating a table, um, the relationship is not important because the person who comes on Craigslist is probably somebody you're not going to see again. And, you know, so maybe the relationship in this isn't isn't as important. Or if you're negotiating for a car, for example, you probably are not worried about the relationship with the salesperson. Now, in a negotiating with, with your boss situation, this is going to be somebody that you're going to have a long-term relationship with. So so maybe the task takes a backseat a little bit more to the relationship. And that's where I think things become more complicated. So what is your advice when when it's not about a table and it's about your salary, which is important, but also your relationship with your new boss, which is very important as well? Yeah. And, and, and that's where I think that the advice really matters. Like ultimately, does does the price on the dining table matter? No. I mean, he had fun with it. We we, we made a little more money. Great. But, I, I mean, I've established I don't like negotiating. It's not my favorite thing. Um, but when it comes to my salary, when it comes to a promotion that I feel I've earned and deserved, that those are high stakes and that matters. And so what I have to do is I have to get over whether or not I enjoy the conversation and whether or not I'm actually even good at it. And I have to make myself good at it. And there, there are definitely some ways to do that. So for me, what works is, well, a few things. One is understanding what, 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 what's the game? What are the parameters? Every job typically has a salary range. If I know the range, that puts me in a good position to negotiate. It's like a car, right? You go to the blue book and you understand what the car's worth. And when you negotiate with a car salesman, that information is powerful to you. So you can ask, you can ask the recruiter, you can ask the hiring manager, what's the salary range for this position? I mean, they're going to ask you what you want to make. And and if they're not in the state of California where it's against the law, they're going to ask you what you're making right now. So why not ask them? Like, what is the range for the position, right? And then you know where to come in. So that's number one is understand the parameters of the role. Because if you come in too high, then, you know, you're probably not going to have as much success. You certainly don't want to come in too low. The second thing, which I think is really helpful, is to practice. And I don't mean just, you know, in your head, psych yourself up and say, okay, I'm going to ask for, you know, this number and I'm going to hold my ground and, and, you know, hype yourself. I mean, literally role play, like find a friend, find a colleague, talk to your spouse, have them act like a tough negotiator and, and negotiate with them. And to use the, the table analogy, which we've established the table is not as important as the job, but you know, if that was something super important to me that I sell the table for the right amount, I could sit down and with someone and practice saying, no, you know, the table is really, it's in good condition. We really feel like it's worth it. Like say the words, have somebody raise objections and, and talk, talk back to them. That role play really gives you the comfort and, and the readiness to have that tough conversation 
with that thought. And and I mean, those I think are two of the of the highest pieces of advice I have. It, know your worth, and know the game, and practice saying the words of "I think I'm worth this." I think that this, you know, that the pay I should deserve in this role is X Y Z. And the good news is that like a lot of states are moving towards this this new law where the company cannot ask you what you made before, which I think makes a lot of sense because most companies have a pay scale or pay range for a given job, and of course they want to hire you at the best value, so bring on the best people for the lowest price. But it but it is an unfair advantage because the fact is that you should be paid for the work you're doing, not the work you used to do, plus ten percent. Yep. So so I think that's a good thing that's happening. And then I like your idea of practicing because a lot of people practice the interview. Actually a lot of people don't practice the interview, but they really should. But they don't actually practice the negotiating piece. Yep. And that is so important, just getting comfortable having those conversations because I think one of the things people worry about most using the table analogy, like some people can walk away from a table. So, hey, you know what? I'm going to walk away from the table because I don't feel like this is a good deal. A lot of people don't feel that way with a job offer. They worry that it's going to be taken away if they ask the question and they don't have the luxury of of walking away and finding another table. And I think that is a mindset that really gets in the way of people asking that question. So one of the the ways I think that you you can get over that is really to just simply ask is there any flexibility? And then don't say a word after that. Is there any mm-hmm. flexibility? It's not threatening. It's not saying you're you're not accepting the offer. And, and you're, you, it's just a question about flexibility. Of course, you're probably going to say, if I said that to you as a CEO, what would you say back to me, Stacey? It depends on if I have flexibility. Um, I mean, it, it, is, it is a little bit of an open-ended question. And so if I say, unfortunately, there isn't, Right, which could be a negotiation tactic on my end to see how you respond. If you just fold right after that, then I'm happy because I'm getting a high value employee at a lower cost, right? So I would say be ready for the answer of no and, and be ready with your worth, right? Well, here's why I think I deserve XYZ. I've done this in my career. I'm, I, you know, show the evidence as to why you think you are at the table, right? It's in great condition, okay? It's worth this. So, so be again, be practiced with 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 your responses to the questions. The other thing I want to say to a point you made about you know not the fear of of it of it looking bad or of them walking away from from you. Those fifteen percent or ten to fifteen percent of women who who are willing to negotiate with me in a hiring process that's impressive to me. Mm-hmm. I do not see that as a negative. To me, that means they're confident. They know their strengths. They're willing to speak up. Like those are all things where like it is a positive in my book when when somebody comes back and is willing to speak up for what they what they want. Now, you can go too far and you can be a jerk. And, you know, certainly you get to know somebody in a negotiating process. So I'm not encouraging that behavior. Um, But I would say do not be afraid at how it might look to be a tough negotiator. I think it's very impressive to a hiring manager. I agree. And I'm going to say two things that I say a lot on this show, but I think they're very empowering and in line with what we're talking about is that one, as a former recruiter, if you didn't negotiate, my first thought is I made a hiring mistake. Mm -hmm. I I hired the wrong person or I offered too much. And so I'll tell you that. And I think when you know that information as a job seeker, that's very empowering because you can recognize that, that, hey, you know, this person is wanting me to accept the job and wants me to be a good resource too. And if if I don't negotiate, they're going to think they made a mistake. The other thing is we talked about relationship and task. And what I would venture to say is that you're going to have a lot of hard conversations with your future boss about work, about you know, schedules about a lot of different things. And this is your first opportunity to see if they're going to go to bat for you. And if you can have a good conversation, that's a difficult conversation. So I think this is a very telling conversation to have in the hiring process because it can give you some really good insight into the person that you're you're working for. And Michelle, you had a you had a comment you wanted to add. I did. I had a young uh, young female friend who's kind of just getting started in her career and she recently was kind of in this process and she asked them, she was a little un- unhappy with what was offered and so she asked them, you know, wh- is what's the range and is there flexibility and they said, well 
this is the range, and um, I can check if there's flexibility. You know, I, it was like an, I can take it to my boss, but will you still accept if it is the same? And you know, they say it in a very like casual way, and she didn't really know how to respond to that because, of course, she doesn't want to signal that she's potentially not going to take it um, because she was interested in it. But she also, you know, she feel, felt like if she said that, yes, I'll, I'll still take it. Of course, they're going to come back with the same offer. Mm-hmm. Stacey, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. I know exactly how I would answer that question. I, first of all, would show a lot of enthusiasm for the role, right? I would say, listen, I am really interested in this job. I think it's a really great match for my skill set. But I, you know, I want to make my ultimate decision with, with, with all the facts. So, you know, I want to assure you I really want this role and I think it's a great fit. But, you know, when you get that answer, let me know and, I, and I'll look at all the factors together and, and make that final decision. That's awesome. That's awesome. Great advice. Awesome. So you're just tuning in. You're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM, Channel 11. If it's Thursday noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, we're taking your calls right now, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are talking about empowerment today. So empowerment around asking for higher salary, asking for a promotion, asking maybe to work from home a day a week. I mean, what are those things that would make you even happier in your job that maybe you don't know how to ask for. We're talking all about that today with Stacey Epstein, who is the CEO of Zinc. And right now, um, we're going to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz. And this is kind of a fun one, at least for me. Um, many of us grew up enjoying sugary breakfast cereals. So for those with a good memory... What are the three original Fruit Loop flavors? What are the three original Fruit Loop flavors? If you think you know, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM. We'll be right back. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand. Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We're on Business Radio. We are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Stacey Epstein, CEO of Zinc, who um, powers some of the highest performing deskless workforces. I got that down now, Stacey. Hey, Stacey, where can uh-huh. people reach you if they want more information? Well, you can uh, email me at Stacey, S-T-A-C-E-Y, at Zinc.it. You can also visit our website at www.zinc.it. Awesome. And we were talking all about how to be more empowered in your career today. So, hey, if you've got a question like Michelle's friend or, hey, maybe you want to practice negotiating on air, are there any brave souls that would want to do that? We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, it would be fun for us, maybe. Not, maybe not for them. <laughs> but, for them. But hey, you're anonymous. Helpful. Nobody will know. Right. Uh, and you know, unless you want us to send you the sound bite, we do that. 844 Wharton, 844 942 7866. And we're talking all about empowerment in your career. But we have a, uh, a mailbag question, I think. You've got mail. I guess that means we do. That means we do. Oh, that's the notification. That's the notification. I love it, Dion. <laughs> it's really good, Dion. Um, okay, you want to hear it? Yes, please. All right, this is from our listener, Nathan. Um, he says, hi, Don. I love listening to your show. It helps me stay excited about my career and what the future might hold. And, of course, it's always super entertaining. Thanks, Nathan. Um, I have a question that you might be able to help me figure out. Um, so I've identified an opportunity within my company to get some experience in a field that's not necessarily related to my current job or the traditional career path for someone in my position. The reason it interests me is because it will actually give me the experience for my actual dream job, which is not at my current company. So my question, how do I approach getting this experience without giving the impression that I'm a flight risk or am I just he- or that I'm just here to take skills and leave? Ah, got it. Well, first off, thank you Nathan. So, I think this is this is a common thing, Stacy, that people start to 
get interested in different careers as they progress. And we're in such a world right now where that's so possible. Gig economy, portfolios, careers, or portfolio careers, side hustles, all this stuff. And so, um, but a lot of people are like, how do I get the skills? So I think what Nathan is asking, and this is interesting because you're a CEO in a company, what if an employee came to you and said, I'd like to get skills in another area of the organization? Would would this tip you off as to this employee not being maybe long-term or loyal? What would you think, Stacey? Think is not necessarily what everybody thinks, and that's one important distinction is you got to understand who, who are you going to go to with this and how are they going to respond? Because there are certainly some managers who are just focused on the performance of their team and not like the whole individual. And they might think you're a flight risk and they might start thinking about how to manage you out of the organization. So you got to be careful who you go to, right? I, I For me personally, I literally just had this happen this week where there's somebody in a role that's it's really not the perfect role for her. It's not suited to her strengths. She knows it. I can see it. We had a really good conversation about what does she want to do? Does she want to leave now and go pursue that is the right job for her? Or does she want to keep executing in the role she's in? But, you know, maybe it's in her off hours or maybe we can create some opportunities for her to get those skills during while she's still executing. Yeah, I think there's a couple of factors that you mentioned that I just want to kind of sum up, Stacey, because I think they're important. One, I think it depends on your relationship with your boss and their leadership style. Certainly, there are a number of bosses out there who would be happy to help coach you and help you grow and develop your skills and recognize that's a key responsibility and they want to keep you with the company. Then there's certainly bosses who are worried about, you know, who's going to replace you? I'm going to lose this this headcount and all these other things. So I think that's step one. Um, step two is is how you present it and when you present it. So, you know, if, if you have a, for example, performance review or mid-year review coming up, it might be a perfect time to talk about it in the larger context of your career as you're talking about what are some of those things that you're going to accomplish in your current role and what are some of those skills you want to grow because that would make a lot of sense that you want to contribute more to the company. Another thing you might want to do is is look at it as an experiment. I love this idea of and you, a lot of retail stores do this, this reverse decision psychology. So if you ever shopped at Nordstrom, you know this, that you can pretty much return anything to Nordstrom, even stuff they don't sell, which is a lot of why people go out of their way to shop there because you can change your mind mind and that inspires people to buy more. So sometimes posing things at your company as an experiment. So hey, can I take on this project for 3 months and let's see how it goes and if it doesn't go well, we can go back to the way it was or can I can I work from home on Fridays for 3 months? We'll see how it goes and you know if it doesn't work, we'll go back to the way because people are going to be much more willing to say yes to something that they can change their minds about and obviously if if you work from home and it goes swimmingly and then great you keep it going maybe you hate it maybe you don't like working from home on Fridays there's too many distractions so it gives both sides an opportunity to sort of try before you buy so I think that might be another way to approach it because um, Stacy, you're right that that this could be a signal to the the boss that you, you're not loyal you're not in there for the long term but if the company is one that they like to keep good employees and they're okay with you moving around, this could be actually a really great step to show that you want to grow with the company. So Nathan, thank you so much for writing in. Hey, if you've got a question, of course, we'd love for you to call in 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. But if you can't, you can always email businessradio at SiriusXM.com. And guess what, Stacy? We've got a brave soul in Texas. Awesome. Blake, <laughs> welcome to the show. We love it. Love it. Hey guys, how's it going? How are you? So you want to negotiate on air? Uh, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> so give us the context, Blake. What is your? What okay. are you negotiating? Okay. Oh, I thought this would be like a role play. Oh, I apologize. Wait, no, it is a role play. Do you want it? But do you do you want us to be the ones asking you for salary? Is that what you want? We can do oh, that. Okay. Uh, yeah, or yeah, Wait, no, I can uh, negotiate you, a salary for you guys. You wanna, you wanna be the the candidate, right? Who's who's negotiating for a job? Is that right? Correct. And you wanna correct. practice that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Yes. 
Okay, so <clears throat> so you're going to be asking for more money, right, Blake? Correct. Okay, so so Stacy, make Blake an offer, and then Blake ask ask for ask for more. Okay. Let me just okay. So, is there? Tell me your field, Blake, just so I can say it right. Uh, so, so I'm in sales right now. Okay. Um, right. And I would like a pay increase. Okay. So you're coming for an increase. Yes. Okay. So just for the sake of round numbers, let's say that you're making sixty grand in base, and you're making another. 20 grand in commission today and i i'm not assuming those are numbers but i'm just throwing out some some round numbers okay so so come to me and ask me for a raise okay um so you know i just wanted to meet with you today um just to ask for a raise and uh the reason i'm asking for more money um is because i believe that i'm worth more um, because of the money that I've brought to our company. Um, in the last six months, I've increased sales in my territory 40%, um, as well as uh, brought revenues to the company for over $14,000. Uh, and for those reasons, I believe that, that um, you know, a pay increase is fair and something that, that I would like to, like to get. Um, right now we have me at a base of $60,000, uh, so I was interested in potentially uh, moving that base to around $68,000. Okay, Blake. Well, you know, I appreciate you coming to me with this information. As you know, we have standard salaries across the company, and, you know, you're a, a sales rep level two, and the, the standard pay for that level is is the 60k so i agree you're doing a great job and i love having you on your team but you know at this point it's really rare for us to go outside of those standard bands so it's it's going to be a little hard for me to get that approval for you okay what what would you look at as something uh that would approve a higher salary well, I think, you know, you mentioned you brought in $14,000 to the company over the last, I can't remember what the period was, six months or whatever. And, and you know, that's really great for, for somebody at your level. But I think, you know, to, to move up to that, that next level band, which actually comes with a pay of 70K base, you know, we'd need to see you generating closer to like 20000 and And, you know, that's, and again, like we try to keep standard, we do make exceptions here and there, but but, the, but those are really, you know, that, that, that's kind of where I, the flexibility I have without going and asking for an exception. Okay. Well, I foresee myself doing those numbers. Um, if 68 is too much, uh, what would be an acceptable price range for a price, uh, raise, excuse me, raise increase for you? Uh, you mean today? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I would have to go ask for an exception again. So, uh, you know, let me let me see if I can go talk to, to my boss and, and see what I can get for you. Um, you know, assuming what you say is true and you can hit those numbers, let me let me go see what I can do for you. But I, I can't make you any promises. Okay. All righty. Well, I appreciate your time. Well, well done. Well done. Oh, well done. I love it. I love it, man. You're, you're tough, Stacey, but, but you're hardcore too, Blake, man. You're trying to be tough. It's a role play, right? You got you to gotta practice with the hard ones, right? I don't know how you guys did that if, without laughing. If it's, if it's too easy, then it's not, then you're not practicing hard enough, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Blake, you had me at the phone call. You're like, I'm going to call and do this. Like, I'm like, you're getting a raise just because you're brave. I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for that. Um, so yeah. So so let's talk about. And this is great. Let's talk about what Blake Blake did right. I mean, the biggest thing I think you did, Blake, is you 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 attached it to your skills and your your accomplishments and what you've already contributed to the company. That is so important because no one cares if you're, you know, you have a, a sick cat at home or if you know you need more money for your mortgage or any of that. They care about what you're contributing to the company, and you did a phenomenal job at. At putting that out there. So I think that's one. I mean, I think two is you didn't back down, but you diplomatically and politely, 
you know, kind of pushed back and said, well, you know, what are the other options? And, you know, if 68 is not going to work, what would work in your mind? So you didn't let the statement that I think, Stacey, this was an intimidation statement. Well, I'd have to go make an exception. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so make an exception. Blake's awesome. Yeah. Blake's worth making an exception for. Yeah. I agree. I I think you you did a really good job of of stating your case. And, you know, of course, I just wanted to give you the raise right off the spot. But but there are are plenty of managers that don't. And I think, you know, one of the things I was trying to kind of tease you with was that we do make exceptions, right? And, Mm. and, And some people will just flat out say, you are a sales rep too, and this is what you make, and sorry if that's not it. The truth is, most companies have some flexibility, and so I liked how you responded to that. Of instead of just accepting the fact that okay, well, it is what I what it is, you know. At least I tried. You kind of pushed for okay, well, then what does it take, and how could I move up, and and you know, you, you pushed a little harder on me, which which I appreciated, and and I do totally agree. Now, for some managers, it does work that. You know, you've got a sick cat at home. But I would say for the most part, that's not a good strategy, right? You that would should, work for it, me, though. It would. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but if I truly have to go ask my boss, it probably doesn't work for my boss. What works is Blake is a great performer. He's dead. He's not going anywhere. But I personally think to keep him and to keep him motivated so he doesn't go work for our competitor, we should make an exception and pay him more. You want to give me that that information that I can take to the boss to get to, to get the exception, um, which I, I think you did pretty well. I, you know, I think you could have even more strongly said, you know, here's why I deserve the exception. And I'm going to personally guarantee you, I'm going to hit those numbers and, and even more. And, and, you know, I can't wait to move up to that next level and, and like, show me how much you're going to just do a great job. It just, it makes me want to give you the money even more. Yeah, Blake, I think you did a fantastic job. And I think a couple of the, the secrets that Stacy pointed out that I want to, to to make sure I highlight is is you gave Blake the information that there was room for an exception. So listening and reading between the lines is really important. And, and a lot of people just hear that initial no, but you actually gave away some of that information. So I think that was phenomenal. Um, Blake, great job. Brave soul. I'd give you I'd give you the raise. I'd probably even give you more. Um, <laughs> so thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk and, and for being our uh, our brave soul here. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. All the brave souls are coming out of the woodwork. Greer, you're, you're up for a role play? <laughs> yeah, totally. All right. Well, let's just dive in. We know how this goes now. So so what's your what's your industry? So I'm in marketing. I'm in tech. Okay, marketing um, and tech, yeah. and let's go yeah. with the same. Uh, let's go with the the same sixty thousand with maybe a twenty k bonus. And and Greer, go ahead, ask Stacy for your raise. She's tough, by the way. Well, so can I give you a little more of the context and what I'm asking? Why I would be asking what I'm asking for? Um, yeah, does it make sense to tell that to to Stacy though, as your as your potential employer? Well, so the, the reason why I called actually was because I'm already in my role, but what I asked for when I was hiring, I wasn't given all the context. And so I asked for something based around the context that I was expecting um, in the role. And now that I'm eight months into the role, I, I want to ask for more money because my, my sort of circumstances have changed. Okay. Do you, do you have a good relationship with your manager? I do, yes. Okay. And, and would he or she... They say that that you're performing well in in what you thought you signed up for, as well as all the additional stuff you're doing. Yes, definitely. Okay, so I mean, we can role play or we can just talk it out. It's up to you. Um, well, why don't we just talk it out? We'll talk it okay. out. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. So, Stacey, what advice do you have for Greer based on on how her situation has changed? Well, I mean, this is why I asked if she has a good relationship with the manager because that that's sort of everything, and that certainly gives you the leg up. And I, I would just, you know, I don't know if you have a regular one-on-one with your manager or if you want to, you know, make it clear to her that you want to – is it a she, he, or she? She. And okay. we do have a regular one-on-one, so. 
So you want to make during your one on one, you want to make this a topic of conversation. Um, and, you know, I, I think something you can do is is kind of come with. I don't, do you have an agenda? Do you do you have a specific thing you follow Greer in your one on one? No, we usually just, you know, it's about she, she always says, you know, is, is there stuff you need from me um, to be more successful? You know, what what um, what can I help you with? What's going on? Let's check in. Um, because I have a lot of autonomy, so there isn't a lot of, you know, she doesn't have a lot of management necessarily. Um, and so there's there's this, our relationship is a lot of what's going on, what what have you been doing, can we check in, can I help you with anything? Yeah, so what you might want to do is is maybe tee up this meeting and say, you know, actually I have a pretty specific agenda for this meeting. Um, there's a couple of things I want to talk about just to kind of give a heads up. And, you know, because you want her to be ready to talk about these things and kind of not be blindsided. And then I think if you have a good relationship, I mean, the, the cool thing about that is that most managers would be willing to talk about anything and hear your side of it. And, and obviously, um, you know, this is something that's probably not going to be a surprise, I would guess, to your manager. So I think coming in, teeing it up, and then also using some of the things we talked about earlier about, you know, if, maybe let's make it an experiment. Let's try something for the next three months um, or giving it time for for both of you to come up with solutions. I think another good thing about the, the Blake role play that we'll call it from now on is that, um, uh-huh. you know, one of the questions that he asked is, you know, well, OK, if you can't do 68,000, what can you do? And I think that's always a good way to get your manager to be engaged and collaborative about the solution to any problem, whether it's it's what you're talking about, Greer, or it's a salary issue, is, you know, how how can, you know, if you were in my shoes, or, or how can we work on this together rather than making it a you issue and a me issue and, and kind of being on separate teams. So I think that would be really helpful as well. So Greer, thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. We're, we're kind of getting down to our final few minutes here, but I do want to answer the pre-break quiz because it's so important. Important. <laughs> Many of us grew up eating sugary breakfast cereals before school. So, for those of us who remember Fruit Loops, what were the three original fruit flavors? Dion. All right, I'm going with cherry. Mm-hmm. It's got to be on there, right? Don't. I don't want to know because it's going to affect my guess. Okay, I'm going to say cherry, blueberry, and and because this is a, a pre-rate quiz question, there's got to be a crazy one in there. I'm going with boysenberry. Oh, boysenberry. See, that's it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, because we know that's wrong. I'm just going to give the colors because I don't know. I don't know if it's wait, cherry wait, or wait, strawberry. Wait, wait. You can't just give All right, colors. fine, fine. Cherry, uh, lime, and orange. Cherry, lime, and orange. Okay. Um, <laughs> so... This is a little bit of a trick question. Um, See, of course. Yeah. That's why I said boysenberry. Yeah, well, that's good. So, Dion, actually, you're right, thanks. You called me out on it. But it turns out we've been eating a bowl of lies for breakfast because those delicious multicolored O's that make up Fruit Loops don't actually have different flavors. I had that thought. They all they're taste all, the same. They're all I the same. I had that thought, and I was like, that, that can't be it. They're all the same, although they they, do, they have added new colors. It used to be red, orange, yellow, but they've added since green, purple, and blue. So they have added some, but they're all, as they they call them, fruit flavor. Fruit being F-R-O-O-T. So That's comforting. So there you go. Yeah, exactly. They're all sugar I, flavor. My answer was going to be sugar, sugar, and sugar. Yeah, oh, so, that's good. So yeah, so then Stacy, you're absolutely right. And we have to we have to wrap it up now. But Stacy, thank you so much for being on Career Talk and sharing your great advice for us today. And Michelle and Dion, you guys rock. You make the show so fun each week. And of course, to all of our callers and listeners, we are here for you every week and love hearing your stories, your advice, and your questions. So you can follow us on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham, or you can email us businessradio at SiriusXM.com. You've been listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM channel 111, and we'll see you next time. 